Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We've heard many stories in recent months about struggling arts organizations in Oregon and around the country. Lagging box office sales are forcing institutions like the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and Artists' Repertory Theater to lay off staff and scale back or cancel entire seasons. Meanwhile, a brand new arts center in downtown Beaverton seems to be thriving. The Patricia Reeser Center for the Arts opened in March of 2022. It features a 550-seat theater, an art gallery, outdoor plaza, meeting and rehearsal spaces. It's drawn more than 70,000 people since it opened. Executive Director Chris Azukian joins us to talk about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. What were your hopes right before you opened? The hope is that people will embrace this new place, right? You spend many, many years planning for something. You'd been there for five years at that point? That's right. I was hired uh, relatively early to help with the planning and the fundraising and uh, the opening and the design as well. Okay, so the hope was that people would embrace it. But did you have specific metrics as well in addition to that kind of important but hard to put your finger on community embrace? Yeah, I mean, with a center like ours, uh, there are doors, right? And, and you, you want people to come in those doors. Uh, <laughs> and that's the physical manifestation of people embra- embracing a place like ours. So attendance, of course. Uh, but also people seeing themselves differently, which is an interesting phenomenon that happens uh, when an arts organization has an impact on its community, which is a sense of pride. And since opening, we've heard both residents in Beaverton and people all across the metro area who visit here, visit the research, saying, wow, I never thought something like this could happen in Beaverton. Hmm. And I've been here for 30 plus years as a resident, and I couldn't feel as, as proud as I am now. So how has the reality then compared to your hopes? So um, one thing that we um, were very um, cautious about is to be conservative in our projections. Uh, Art centers like this uh, open all across the country and, um, for lack of a better term, lose their shirts in the first few years. Uh, we have been very uh, thoughtful and measured in our approach, our growth plan. And so um, we have exceeded all of our goals. Um, again, they've been conservative um, because, like I said, you do a, many years of planning, but that's on paper, right? And so, and a uh, lot of places don't open in, in, in the middle of a, of a pandemic either. That's right. That's the other thing that really impacted our plans, which, was, um, uh, which caused us to be even more conservative. Uh, and we're all living that out now, including all of our fellow arts organizations around the, the region. How have you been approaching programming? So Beaverton is actually one of the most di- culturally diverse cities in all of Oregon, along with Hillsboro. And uh, cultural diversity is in our DNA at this in the city. And the city takes great p- pride in it and champions cultural diversity and is a welcoming and, and safe city. And so that naturally translated into our programming. Our programming, we look at discovery, diversity, welcoming people of all cultures and backgrounds and socioeconomic backgrounds. And uh, we really hang our hat on that. 
in our Research Presents programming, where, where we say we bring the world to our stage. What has that meant in terms of, of the, the countries that performers have come from? So for uh, this year, for example, we have a Latin and South American focus um, uh, throughout our season in the fall and also next spring. In uh, we opened our doors for in, on International Women's Day on in March of 2022 with a group from Zimbabwe called Nobuntu, an acapella group, and and then uh, of course we uh, also explore American traditions as well. So so we look at artists from all over the world. Um, we just hosted a concert by the great Gambia. A Cora player named Sona Jobarte just a few nights ago. So it's a really uh, it's a place where um, artists from all over the world can can express themselves to the community. Are there shows that have been particularly memorable for you or meaningful for you? Yeah, there's so many. I mean, we've had uh, you know that, that first night, of course, with Nobuntu, uh, we had. Um, uh, the Count Basie Jazz Orchestra with players that, who played with Count Basie mm-hmm. a few nights after. Um, and then we had a, an incredible artist named Ron Artis who's really making waves now around the country. Um, it's hard to choose any, any just just a few, but it, you know, sometimes I walk out of there going, oh my goodness. Uh, for example, Amethyst Kia, who's a folk and uh, roots artist, uh, she played one of her first headlining shows in our uh, theater uh, last year. And uh, she's uh, she's now taken off all over the world, and she's I, I think she's going to win a Grammy any day now. <laughs> How did you all decide on the size of the theater? Five hundred and fifty seats. Um, I, would you call that a midsize theater? Yeah, it's a small to midsize. So yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could have built a, a fifteen hundred seat theater or, or larger. Why choose that sort of small to midsize? It's an inter- interesting question. Um, The size has to do with a few things, but most of all for us, it was about intimacy and sustainability. Um, You want most of your nights in the theater to be full, right? I mean, because that's what creates that communal experience. So looking at the region, looking at the west side, looking at um, construction dollars, uh, space, right? So there's a few different things to consider. Uh, We thought long about... Uh, how? What can we do well? How can we do it well? And and what we landed on, based on all of those factors, were was this sweet spot. Um, Five hundred fifty is an interesting size because it's not tiny and it's not huge. And so, uh, especially if you walk into our theater, it feels like a small five fifty, an intimate one. Hmm. And more and more, uh, people are looking for that direct connection. Audience members are looking for that direct, direct connection with artists. And uh, the space really offers that. You feel as if the artist is playing for you. Does it also um, define the the kinds of artists who you can bring in? I mean, some who can who can't draw that many people and others who wouldn't, wouldn't play for fewer than, than 5,000. That's right. Yeah, it really does. Um, so we do a few different things. Some, for example, we have a major star, Rhiannon Giddens, coming this year. It's already uh, sold out, and she's playing two nights, so um, multiple nights when artists can do that in their schedules. Uh, Pink Martini, for example, opened our inaugural season with four nights sold out. Um, but then on the smaller side, uh, we have the capability of closing off the balcony. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first floor is about 350 seats. So uh, for those artists or organizations who don't need the full theater, 
we can scale down. Do you have a favorite spot in the entire complex? I mean, the, the theater is just one part of this pretty sprawling place right you know, on the water. What's, do, you, do you have a, a secret favorite spot? Yeah, I mean, it's not so secret. Um, aside from the theater, I actually go into the theater sometimes when I can. I sit when it's quiet just to listen to the silence. It's a beautiful place. But You mean also, during the day, during, during your work day, day you'll just t- take your laptop down or just go down there and meditate? Yeah, I mean, uh, both. Yeah, mostly in without a laptop to, to sit in the space. Hmm. Uh, for me, it's an opportunity uh, to reconnect uh, that quiet before everyone comes in. Uh, uh, to reconnect to the art form and sitting in an empty, empty theater. Um, but one of my other favorite sp- uh, spots is um, uh, the bridge, what we call the bridge, um, is actually named by Jordan Schnitzer. On the second floor, uh, looking over the creek on the plaza, is this beautiful um, uh, walkway from one side of the theater to the other. And you can see all of the public art on the plaza and the inside and the beautiful lobby with all of the Douglas fir wood. It's a, it's a beautiful spot. If you're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Chris Azukian. He is executive director of the Patricia Research Center for the Arts, which has been open for about 18 months now. A lot of performing arts organizations, as I mentioned in my intro, are really struggling now. Artist Repertory Theater had to cancel its season. The Orient Shakespeare Festival had a kind of emergency fundraiser um, recently to prevent this, the same thing. How are you navigating n- what is what seems like a kind of nationwide crisis for arts organizations? Well, for us, it's um, we're still new. We're a startup. And like I mentioned earlier, we're being really conservative. Uh, the reason, one big reason for our success has been, uh, like I said earlier, the Beaverton community and the West Side embracing the place. Uh, the other is simply put uh, for our, uh, our funding sources, our supporters, um, including major funders and including the city of Beaverton who has invested for many years in the arts and this facility. Uh, we are um, I, 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 I don't want to pretend that we are uh, we have sold out houses every night, right? The arts, performing arts, and the visual arts are facing uh, a really difficult time, and have been slow to recover. Uh, by some measures, uh, ticket sales are down, still about forty percent from pre-pandemic levels um, uh, compared to pre-pandemic levels. But you can't compare anything, can you? That's right. We we didn't have any data, huh. so that's why we were very conservative. Can I ask you? You've yeah. used, used that word a couple times now. What what do you actually mean? When you say we're being conservative. What are you, for example, not spending money on that you might have if you, if you weren't being conservative? What happens uh, for any organization, arts or any business, is over time you develop inertia. You develop this kind of. Um, uh, this, uh, you're you're uh, an organization that's growing and growing and growing, and of course, like, it's it's important to always question what you're doing, what you're spending your money on. For us, we're being very careful about that inertia. We want to pro- provide programs and services to the community. That's what we do. Uh, we have four major pillars in our organization, which have to do with presenting, uh, bringing great art, both in the gallery and on stage, being a community resource for uh, the, the space itself, uh, arts education and community engagement. 
And as we grow, uh, we want to be thoughtful and careful about how we grow. So um, when you ask about what we're saving money on is we're being very careful about staffing, for example. Uh, we're being very careful to, um, to make sure that new programs we invest in are going to be sustainable in the long term. And you never really know. You take risks, right? And and you hope that people will support you. But we're trying to do that in a step-by-step manner. When we talked to the relatively new head of Artist Repertory Theater recently, what she explained is that the majority of, of their revenue doesn't come from ticket sales, but there's a connection between people going into seats, getting excited about what they see, and then making financial contributions, becoming philanthropists. Is it the same for you? I mean, the, it seems that one big difference is you're not a performing arts organization. You're not a theater. You are primarily a space, a, a venue that can provide different things for other artists. So, but is your model the same where you need people to, to get there before they will feel connected in and give you the money, which becomes your main source of revenue? That's right. So we are a presenting arts organization. Uh, we're not a producing organization like a theater or an orchestra or a ballet company. Uh, in other words, we don't have a roster of artists on staff. So we present primarily. Research Presents is our main tool to do that. And the art gallery, we feature Northwest artists. Um, but it is the same model in the sense that as people come into the theater, they um, hopefully become more and more connected to the space and to the programming. And they learn, oftentimes they don't know that we are a nonprofit, that, that we need support in addition to that ticket, cost of that ticket. And uh, as they develop a connection to the research, they see the philanthropic need. And so we have a membership program that does that for as little as $100 a year. People can support the research and get benefits and be more connected. And then, of course, major uh, donor programs and such. Uh, so uh, it is the same uh, um, uh, uh, journey that people take. Um, and it, it's a great question because people see a space like ours and go, um, are you a producer? Are you a presenter? Are you space? Uh, we're a presenter and we're a space a resource. The majority of activity actually that happens at the research is um, uh, community rentals, both professional organizations and um, community organizations that use the space for that connection and, and uh, those events. What do you want the research role in Beaverton to be over time? I mean, you, you'd mentioned earlier that people have come up to you and said, I've been here for 30 years. I, I never thought we would have something like this. I never thought I would experience this in, in Beaverton. Looking forward, what do you want the research to mean for Beaverton or, or the West Side? The, the grand vision many years from now is um, to help people establish deeper, authentic connections with each other. We're um, in the arts, we're in the emotions business. You know, we, we bring people together and we hopefully transform their lives. And uh, our goal is to break down those barriers between people through the arts. And um, what I would love people to say many, many years from now is that the research does good for me and my community. And I want the average person to say that. So that when people walk down the street uh, at the research, um, they know that that building belongs to them, that they see themselves represented in that building. And 
that it is an indispensable part of their lives. There's a lot that goes into that, but we've started that journey now and we're only just getting started. I'm trying to think about I mean, the, the schnitz is, it's very different in a lot of ways. It's, it's much bigger, um, and it, I don't think that, in, in, I should say for people who, who aren't familiar with this, that the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, where the Oregon Symphony plays and, and others, uh, but I don't know that Portlanders would walk down the street and say, that place, that's me, I am it. I, I, so what's, What's the challenge of accomplishing a pretty audacious goal of having all Beavertonians say, that place is mine? I think similar to the Schnitz, uh, people walk by a place and they think about the experiences they've had there. You know, I saw such and such artist. I saw the, the symphony. I was here with my loved ones. If, could I, if I, and I should just, I want to make sure that Mike, I didn't say the wrong thing there. I, I think that a lot of Portlanders may walk by the Schnitz and say, I had an amazing time there, mm-hmm. but that it's it's a big place that's a, sort of a special occasion place as opposed to saying, it's a part of me. Uh, to me, that that's the distinction I guess I'm getting at. Absolutely. And you're asking a great question. That's what all spaces like ours and arts organizations who run them are trying to do is where you, you go from a place that, where you had an amazing experience to a sense of ownership that that place uh, is for you and um, represents you and you're always welcome there and it's a source of pride for the city. Um, it's a little bit like a sports team in a sense, right? Mm. You may not be a sports fan, but you know of your sports team, you're proud of your basketball or or, or your football team or baseball team. Um, And that transition happens over time. Uh, For us, it's about opening our doors as widely as possible. And the great thing about an art center like ours is that there isn't really any one kind of experience. People have life celebrations there. They have conferences there. They have uh, community meetings there. And so we're trying to um, find, continually find ways for people to not only have transformative experiences, but to see it as a gathering place. And when people do that over time and the news spreads, people say, oh yeah, the Reeser, I can't imagine a world without the Reeser uh, 10, 20 years down the line. Chris Azukian, thanks very much. It's great to be here. Chris Azukian is executive director of the Patricia Reeser Center for the Arts. They opened their doors in March of 2022. Tomorrow on the show, attendance at Oregon's farmers markets hasn't yet reached pre-pandemic levels, but it's been steadily climbing since its 2020 low. We'll talk to the head of the Oregon Farmers Market Association to hear how markets across the state are bouncing back. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on NPR's app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford.
Think Out Loud and all of OPB's reporting in our communities are made possible by the support of our members. Do your part to help make it happen. Become a sustaining member now at opb.org pod.